Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Well, good morning. Thank you, Robert. Good morning. Thank you, Robert, again. Anybody else going to say good morning this morning, or is it just Robert? Are y'all expecting Robert to carry everything for you? Come on now. You'll carry it. I know you will, but I need them to come along with you. Amen. Uh, I'm delighted to see you this morning, and it's so good to have you here. Um, And uh, I'm excited about what God's going to do this morning. Anybody, um, I don't normally do this, but let me just ask this question. Anybody, uh, hopefully you, uh, you can attest to this, you've been enjoying or at least learning uh, from the deliverance dilemmas and now from promised land anybody okay good I just want to make sure we're on the right track we've got a couple weeks left in this um, today's may be a little tough um, and then next week we're going to get our praise on amen so uh, so just be prepared for that uh, let me pray over you this morning I just really sense that uh, I heard the Holy Spirit saying this morning there's a passage of scripture in the New Testament that says we don't shrink back and I don't want us to shrink back in our praise, in our belief, in our, uh, our authority, in our victory. Um, the, the great thing about uh, part of what we're studying is that while defeat was coming all around the children of Israel, they still had victory. Uh, go back, man, I'm, I'm just in my notes, I'm just going to give you this for free. You go back into Egypt, and what you discover as the death angel passes over on that last plague, nothing was happened to the children of Israel. Stuff can be happening all around you and not come to your house, amen? Anybody standing in that promise this morning? All right, let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, we just come to you with the, with the understanding that because of what you've done, because of the victory that you won on Calvary and the victory that you've won in our life, that we can operate in authority and we can operate in peace and we can have victory in our lives and while chaos may be breaking out on every side of us we can still rest in the assurance that you're on the throne that you have victory for us and that you're watching over us and so I just pray today that you would speak to us help us to lean in and listen to your voice uh, through my voice but I don't want them to hear me God I want them to hear you as we speak today as we try to position ourselves one step closer to seeing the fulfillment of all the promises that you have for us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, 430 years of slavery uh, has come to a close. It's been left behind in a miraculous exodus uh, punctuated by Pharaoh and his mighty men, his armies being overwhelmed and swallowed up in the Red Sea. Uh, that, that's happened. In the, so, so supposedly the promise is next, right? If we, if we escape from all of our enslavement, then the promise has got to be next. But we know the truth. We know the fact that uh, doubt and a slave mentality lingers in the life of the children of Israel. And so now, instead of going straight into the promise, an 11-day journey now becomes a 40-year snake path of death. In fact, of all the spies that are sent into the promised land to get a glimpse of what God had said would come to pass, now only two are left alive, Caleb and Joshua. 
And so now we come to this place where Joshua is installed as the new leader of the children of Israel. Moses is out of the picture. He has exodus, made an exodus of, of his own. He's no longer in the picture. And Joshua is this new leader. Joshua moves the people, we talked about this last week, across the flooded Jordan, which is no small accomplishment in and of itself. And all of a sudden, he stops and they go through a purification process because they're going to need power. And then we learn the lesson that we need to learn today. So let's back up for one second and reflect on the promise once again because it, it gives us a glimpse of about what is about to happen. You know the promise location. I've been reading it to you week after week. I missed a few weeks here or there, but you know that in Exodus chapter 3, beginning in verse 7, the promise is given. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and here it is, and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. All the ites are going to be there when you get there. And before they enter, now Moses, as he's coming to the conclusion of his leadership of this ragtag army that is being formed and fashioned to actually walk into the promised land. This is what Moses says in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 1. Hear, Israel, you are now about to cross the Jordan to go in and dispossess nations greater and stronger than you with large cities that have walls up to the sky. That doesn't sound like good news, does it? I mean, I mean, you're going, you're going to go. But there is good news in there because he already gives us a glimpse that before you ever enter in, victory is yours, right? Okay, y'all, 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 slow today. Come on now. Before you ever enter in, victory is assured. That ought to encourage you this morning. Then we roll into Joshua because now as they are poised to take this promise, uh, Joshua has crossed the Jordan and this is what happens. And you know this story well. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1 and 2. I'm not going to read all of the story because you do know it so well. It says this, now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. So the promise also had inside of it, if you go back and read in Exodus chapter 3, and then Moses reiterates it in Deuteronomy, the, the promise had inside of, it, inside of it a prophecy. Jericho is the fulfillment of that prophecy. He, here it is. He, the promise is I'm going to send you to a promised land that flows with milk and honey. The prophecy is, is that when you get there, you will be met with resistance. And now all of a sudden, right off the get-go, they experience that. I don't even have time to deal with it, uh, the way that Jericho was destroyed. And most likely, you know the account. In fact, many of you can sing the song, uh, Complete with Motions. Joshua fought the battle at Jericho. 
and the walls came tumbling down. Those of you in kids' church, Booster Band, y'all remember Booster Band? I was a, I was a sandpaper block master. I, I could, I could jam. I was like Stevie Ray Vaughan on the, on the, on the sandpaper blocks, and we would, we would bang out. Jericho fought the battle. Okay, so y'all know. Okay, y'all know. So some of y'all don't even know who Stevie Ray Vaughan is. Let me help my younger crowd. Y'all need to go Google Stevie Ray Vaughan. He was the best guitar player. Okay, that's it. All right, so, 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 um. Dog, I forget how young some of y'all are. Like, good gracious. So, so here's the problem. Here's the, and the walls came tumbling. Okay, so here's the problem. Here's the problem. We become enthralled by the miraculous intervention and the strategy of the victory. And in doing that, oftentimes I think what happens is when we become distracted by those details, they're great details. I'm glad they're in there. But I think we miss the lesson. So what I want to do this morning is I want to talk to you about the two major obstacles that you're going to experience as you begin to move. Because, listen, I'm not preaching these messages um, by mistake or by happenstance. I really do believe that God has led us to talk about how do we experience deliverance and then not just to be delivered from, but delivered to. What's He taking us to? I honestly believe that what God is trying to do is come back in some of your lives and remind you of the promises that He made. You thought they were canceled. You thought they were void. You thought you'd made decisions that would cause the promises to be unreachable and unattainable. And I think God is trying to teach you through these series that it's still out there for you. The promise is still yes and amen. The promise is still the promise. But, but you got to learn how to get there. And so now what we've got to do is we've got to deal with the two obstacles. There are two major obstacles that each and every one of us are going to face if we're going to march into our promise. I know these are obstacles we're going to face because the children of Israel face these obstacles. So here you go, two, two of them. The first thing I've noticed is this. Promises are almost always accompanied by parasites. Now, you can call them parasites or maybe a better term for them, although I use the P because my next one has a P2 and preachers got to do that kind of stuff, uh, and I couldn't come up with an S. So, so, but, so, but, but, but maybe better term than parasite is this, a squatter. Okay, some of y'all, like the young crowd's going, a squatter? What's a squatter? Oh, so let me define a squatter. A squatter is an uh, unlawful resident that skims, steals, and settles on land that doesn't lawfully belong to them. They siphon off and claim ownership to territory that has already been, given, already been given to someone else. Here's another definition. Squatters claim rights over the spaces they have settled on by the virtue of occupation rather than ownership. You missed it. Squatters claim rights over the spaces that they have settled on by virtue of occupation rather than ownership. Some of y'all need to go watch some Bonanza. Y'all ain't old enough. Ben Cartwright was always dealing with squatters. So, so over the, they, they, they've settled on this land by virtue of occupation rather than ownership. They have no, listen to this, they have no legal authority to be there. No other claim on this piece of property other than the fact that they have been there. That's it. So Israel's first task upon entering the land of promise is to unseat and remove these parasites. They should have known it because the promise tells them that they would be resisted. But here they are. They've crossed the Jordan. They're less 
within just a few miles than the jump-off point of crossing the Jordan, and now they are faced with squatters who occupy, occupy what is not theirs. And I'm going to make a statement here, and I'm going to stop right here long enough for this to get down inside of you. They have, th- these parasites have history, but no authority. Okay, just wait. See, I've discovered something. I've discovered that my promises, the promises that God has made me in my life, are almost always accompanied by parasites. In other words, I found that there will always be people who try to attach themselves to my promises. They have no right there. They have, they have no authority to reap the benefits of the promises that were intended for me. They will use up my blessings. They like to use the collective we. I talk about the fact that God has promised me this. And they'll go, yeah, we are going to see that happen one day. You got a mouse in you got a mouse in your pocket? What we are you talking about? You haven't sacrificed for this. You haven't obeyed God for this. You haven't spent any time on this. And yet they want to attach themselves. They're squatters. They're parasites. Okay, so so surely you recognize the people that hang around your promise that steal your joy and that steal your peace and that steal your provision. Surely you recognize that there are people in your life who are using up what was meant for you. Their history with you causes them to act like they should be granted access into what is not theirs. And what they do is they, they, here's the statement again, I hope it gets, they have history, but they don't have any authority. I can't get no help. I hope there are names and pictures of faces, people going through your mind that continue to show up in your life every time you start to claim the promises of God. And every time you begin to reap the benefits of your obedience, there are people that continue to show up in your life. And all of a sudden, they want to make it a collective we. And they want to claim the rights. And they want to take part in the benefits simply because they have history with you. But they have no authority to be there. And so they, they fortify with this word forever. I will always be with you. I have always been a part. I'm your forever friend. And you can always spot these squatters because they will try to make withdrawals where they've made no deposits. I have a question for you this morning. It's going to get good. I promise it's going to get good. Next week it's going to get good. We're going to have a little praise party next week because we've got to learn the next principle. But can I just ask you some hard questions this morning? Who has settled on your land? Who are the parasites in your life? Who who is squatting on your land? Who is eating up your time? Who is eating up your energy? Who is taking advantage of all of your efforts? And in the process, they keep you from marching into your promise. Some of you are great friends with them on Facebook. But when you read their Facebook post, it keeps you from marching into your promise. Some of you are best friends at work, but because you hang out with them and allow them to stick around you at work, well, we've always worked together. Yeah, and they've always kept you from keeping your joy and keeping your peace and keeping your right mind because you allow them to continue to squat on territory that they have no authority to to live in and to live on. And they, they don't own it. They just keep staying there. 
And I'm just telling you this morning that you need to understand and identify who is stealing what is meant for you, who is claiming the benefits meant for you, who is in your life. And it doesn't matter if they're called Hittites or Amorites or Uncleites or Antites or Momites or Dadites or Boyfriendites or Girlfriendites or Best Friendites. It doesn't really matter what you call them. The reality is you cannot march into your promise until you get the parasites out of the land. And here's why. They will distract you. Anybody been distracted lately? I've discovered that Channel 4 News after 4.30 is my parasite. I cannot watch it five times in a row. It comes on, it comes on at 4. It comes on at 4.30. comes on at 5. comes on at 5.30. Then the national news. And then they'll play it again on Channel 9. They'll play the, the, the 5 o'clock news all over again. I cannot watch that because it's become a parasite. And it steals my joy. It steals my faith. It steals my hope. Some of y'all are running around with folks. You got to identify them. Go buy them a t-shirt that says, I'm a parent. Don't, don't do that. Just, 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 just drive them out of your land. How do I do that? You quit talking to them as much. You quit taking their phone calls. You quit reading their posts. You find somebody else that will march with you into the promise and spend your time with them. They will distract you. They will delay you. They will deter you from getting the fullness of the promise in your life. Who are the parasites in your life? That's the first obstacle. There's another obstacle that I've learned in my own life that i got to deal with. I can't just deal with the parasites. I've also learned that promises cannot be fulfilled until we deal with the partitions. The children of Israel don't just encounter people. They also encounter partitions. They are faced with what seems like an insurmountable obstacle. It's a fortified wall. Now, in my mind, I've got this picture of what Jericho looks like. Anybody else? I mean, if you grew up with flannel graphs, and some of y'all don't know what that is either, and, and overhead projectors are not this kind, the kind that had the clear stuff, okay, uh, then you got this, this picture in your mind of what Jericho looks like. But can I tell you what they've discovered? It, this is just interesting. This is not for you, just for me, because I, I kind of like this kind of stuff. Uh, th- th- it's interesting to me. You know, I've been to Jericho. I, I, I went up the Jericho path. You're, you're not even supposed to go there because it's Muslim controlled. But our Israel guides, uh, our, my, my rabbi who was, is an American, not a Jew, convinced his Israel guides to drop us off. The guides can't stay. Because they're not supposed to be there. And if they get caught there, it's bad stuff. So instead, the Israel guys dropped us off. And my American rabbi took us up the Jericho Road. Pretty cool. That doesn't mean anything to you. That's okay. (laughs) So archaeologists have dug out Jericho. Nobody lives in the original Jericho. Because the word is true. And after it's destroyed, the Bible says nobody's going to live there anymore. So they built a really modern city. Now It's dirty. We drove through it. It's filthy. Everybody wants to go to Jericho. No, you don't. It's nasty. There's trash everywhere. But the word is true. It says nobody will ever live in the original Jericho again, and they don't. But this is what they've discovered. They dug it out. And what they discovered is that the mound, what archaeologists call a tell, Uh, is surrounded by a great earthen rampart or an embankment. And as you go, see, they fortified it. As you go up the embankment, you would first come to a stone retaining wall at its base. And this retaining wall was 12 to 15 feet high. 
That doesn't match your picture, does it? Hang on. On top of that, they built, on top of that retaining wall, they built a mud brick wall that was six feet wide. Okay. And, and about 20 to 26 feet tall. So that when you get to the pinnacle where they lived, what you're facing is at the crest of the embankment, there was another mud wall whose base was 46 feet above ground level. That's what Jericho looked like. That's what the Israelites were coming up against. It is a fortified partition. Now remember, these are squatters. So my contention to you is this. And oh, by the way, Scripture tells us, I believe the Scripture tells us that they could run chariots around the top of it. That's how thick and wide it is. Maybe I may be getting my archaeology mixed up with my Bible, but, but it was wide. All right? This is no small partition. And my contention to you this morning is that every promise that we've received to God, from God will almost always be accompanied by the necessity of addressing a walled-off area of our life. That's better than you got. This is what I've understood is that too often what we do is we allow a king, not the king, a king, to set up his kingdom inside the king's kingdom. And so what happens is, is that our ability to experience the fullness of the promise becomes contingent upon our willingness to tear walls down. We must expose every area of our life, every inch, every millimeter, every, I'm going to go backwards, centimeter, y'all don't understand, every inch, every foot, every yard has to be exposed and say to God, you have ownership of this and I will refuse to allow anybody, any other king to set up a partition in my life. So let me see if I can explain what I mean. Over the last two weeks, I have asked you to write down the promises of God in your life. All right? I hope you've cooperated. You should have a list by now. The promises that God has made to you. Last week, we added to that by saying, these are the promises of God. Now, here are the practical steps that I have to take to participate in those promises. Are you with me? Okay, that's been your homework. So now, if you recognize the promise, and you also recognize your part in the promise, then what that tells me then is this. You are poised to possess. Right? But have you noticed that every time that you're about to be taking this step, for, you're poised to possess this promise. Have you noticed that every time it seems like you're just about ready to find the fulfillment of everything that God has promised you, haven't you noticed that a wall shows up? Yeah. Maybe it's just me. But this is some of the things I've noticed. I'm, I, I wrote them down on purpose just like this. I'm just going to read them just like I, You're about to walk into the promised joy. Because some of you wrote down that the promise that God has given you that is that you would have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Right? That's your promise. But haven't you noticed that about the time you're ready to walk into that joy, that hidden and maybe even forgotten anger rises up 
like a wall? Have you noticed? Have you noticed that there's this deep-seated anger in you that you didn't even know where it came from? Where, where did all this rage come from? I thought I dealt with this like 20 years ago, and now all of a sudden, I'm about to f- see the fulfillment of the joy of the, the Holy Spirit in my life, and instead, I'm so angry I can't see straight. I see red. I want to kill everybody. I want to kick the dog. I want to kick everybody. Right? Where, what is that? That's a partition. That is a walled-off kingdom that you've allowed to be established in your life that you've never dealt with. Uh, maybe, uh, um, have you noticed that you're, you're about to, to, uh, to, to experience the promise of peace and out of nowhere? You're consumed with anxiety and it floods in and so now you can't sleep and you can't breathe and you can't relax and you can't, it's like it, it just bombards your mind and you, it's all you think. Have you noticed about the time you're ready to experience peace that, that chaos erupts around you? That's a wall. Have you, have you, uh, have, has, has exhaustion become a wall that keeps you from the promised rest? Because God's promised this rest and for some of us, instead, about the time we're ready to move into the rest, all of a sudden, exhaustion overcomes. We can't figure out why. It's a wall. Has promiscuity or perversion become a partition? It's an area that, of off-limits to God that keeps you from your promised purity. And purity is always necessary for power. And so all of a sudden, you're moving towards the power and the authority that God has given you. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, old-seated perversion, old-seated promiscuity that you thought you'd... I, I, I'm no longer... I didn't think I was uh, so, so um, afraid of being lonely that I just settled for anybody. And all of a sudden, that raises up in our life and we go... Why? Why now? Because it's a wall. It's a kingdom inside the kingdom. And those walled off areas must be addressed in our life or we can never march into our promise. You cannot bypass the walled place and expect to enjoy the promise. These areas have no legal right of ownership. Instead, they simply occupy and they try to convince us they are permanent and they have the legal right to stay there. I have literally watched hundreds of people and I have experienced myself that when I'm poised on the brink of the promise, walls go up. Every time. And we begin to think it's just always going to be there and so we refuse to address it. We caught a glimpse of the promise but we never see the fulfillment simply because we won't do the hard work of leveling walls. See, for most of us, the only thing standing between us and the fulfillment of our promise is a wall. One last holdout. You do recognize that if you crush Jericho, it starts a domino effect and all of a sudden you march into the land. We'll talk more about that next week and what happens. But word goes out. And when you win this battle. And when you get rid of this wall. And when you get rid of the fortification of those things in your life. All of a sudden the promises open up. You do recognize that most of us are one wall away. One wall away from the promises of God. It's the last holdout. So my question to you this morning is this. What is your walled place? 
what has set up a fortified area in your life. You're free in every area but one, and he has exercised deliverance in your life in every area except one, and that one place is fortified, and until that wall comes down in your life, you will not experience the promise. What's your wall? Let me just name a couple. Habits. Could it be your mouth? Because some of you, your negative mouth keeps you from experiencing the promise. Because there's power of life and death in the tongue. Could, could it be your love? Could it be a relationship? Could it be your thought life? Could it be your dreams? Could it be your, your own willingness? I, I, I'm just not willing to follow his plan. I have my own plans. Is it an offense that you've taken up with somebody so now you're so mad at somebody you cannot experience the promise of God? Could it, be, could it be your defense mechanisms? I just won't let, peop- I won't let people or God get close to me. I just... You can have all of me but this one area, God, and that one thing is the thing that keeps you bound, and it's usually the very first thing you will encounter when you're about to get your promise. It will raise its head every time you start towards your promise. See, the key to the fulfillment of the promise is that you have to destroy Jericho. It stands in your way. You know, I've discovered something. Uh, if you exit out of the Old Testament and move into the New Testament, can I just tell you, can I just give you a preview and let you understand? Just let me let you in on a little secret. Jesus had a habit of tearing down walls. I ain't getting no help. You do know that Jesus tore the veil in the temple. That's a wall. It was a wall intended to keep man from experiencing and encountering God. And Jesus says, look, I don't deal with these walls. I'm going to rip this thing down so that now we have access to our Father. He is a wall dropper. I I can go into Ephesians chapter 4, correction, chapter 2, verse 14. And the Bible says that Jesus tore down the middle wall. And it's in that exchange that the writer's talking about that there's no difference between Jews and Gentiles or man and woman. And he's teaching us that Jesus won't even allow walls of separation between men. So God, so Jesus is the wall dropper. He comes into our life to tear down walls so that we can encounter God and so that we can have holy relationships with people. You say, well, what does all that have to do with anything? I think what it does is it teaches us that if we're going to encounter and experience and possess the promises of God, you must be willing to allow the deliverer to walk in and invade every area of your life. That sounds great, but how? Because, I can, man, I could preach it. There's some churches I could preach that last statement I just made. And people go buck wild, run the, the, run the aisles, the, dance in the, they, they'd go crazy. They'd swing on the chandeliers. We got to let the deliverer go into every inch of our life. They, man, if we still had chandeliers, which we had at one time, there would be people swinging and woo, bucking. Then they'd go home and they don't know how. So, so let me go one step further and I'll get out of your way. I want you to notice the method that they used to deal with the wall. Joshua was instructed by God how to defeat the, and deal with this wall. Now, you know the story, at least you know the song. 
And I'm not going to go deep. I'm just going to simply show you this. They were instructed to circle. Now wait just a minute. We just came out of 40 years of circling. Isn't circling like futile? And isn't circling frustrating? And isn't circling wasted time? And what I want to teach you this morning, I hope this will help you because it's helped me, is that there are two kinds of circling. The first kind of circling is I circle to put off. Didn't help you? Help me. Help one person over here. A lot of times we circle out of disobedience. God pinpoints areas, walled areas of our life, and instead of addressing them, we circle to put off. I don't want to deal with my thought life because it's too hard. I don't want to deal with my mouth because I've all, here it is, sound like a wall. I've always talked like this. In fact, my parents talked like this. And so now I talk like this and you just got to deal with it. And we circle to put off. I got a habit and I know that it's fortified and I don't want to deal with it even though it's killing me and it's running my witness and destroying my testimony and keeping me from the fulfillment of the promises of God in my life. But I'm just going to keep circling it, circling it, circling it. That's called circling to put off. That's one way to circle. But there's another way to circle. And that is we learn to circle to put out. You can circle out of obedience. You can circle to target. You do recognize that as the children of Israel marched in silence, which would help some of us, because about day two, after I've circled all these years, and now I'm supposed to get my promise, I would probably want to whine and complain, but that's a whole other service. Some of y'all whine. Quit whining. That, okay. I better circle and be quiet because I'm about to get myself in trouble. There, it's like there's, man, I'm into war movies. And, and when these soldiers are under attack, they throw these little smoke bombs that have color in them. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere because it signaled the target all the circling the spot God where I need you to put all of your attention and I need all of your effort right here God and not only you God I'm circling this thing because now I'm going to put all of my attention so I've been bound by this habit for years and I've just I've circled to put off but now I recognize there's another way to circle now now because I'm determined I'm going to get the promises of God in my life finally and this wall keeps raising up and I can't seem to get to my promise because this one habit this one statement this one relationship keeps rising up so now instead of circling to put off now I'm going to circle to put out I'm just going to God I'm, 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 I've, I've identified it I've, I've recognized it I've pinpointed it now I need all of your attention but it's also got all my attention and I recognize that this thing's got to come down these walls have got to come down. This has got to be destroyed in my life. I'm going to put all of my attention and I won't stop until it's gone. You can either circle to put off or you can learn to circle to put out. And some of you need to man up. And some of you need to women up. And come to... I don't, that, that, 
and make up your mind that we've circled to put off for so long that now we're so far away but now all of my and I'm not going to change my focus and I'm not going to change my prayers and I'm not going to change my energy and I'm not going to change my attention with the Father in my private time I am going to pinpoint this one thing and it doesn't matter that it has history it has no authority so now even though I've always talked like this I'm going to go into my private place and I'm going to circle this thing until I come out and I talk different and I, I've always had this experience where I lack faith in this one area but I'm going to circle that thing until I come out and all of a sudden I'm going to be filled with faith and I used to I, I know there's a promise of peace in my life but chaos so now I pinpoint chaos and I circle that and all the people causing it they're not my circus not my monkeys I will circle them and pinpoint my effort until I come out with peace if you would just circle it so you say, well, what's my assignment this week? I want you to take your list. The promises that he's made you. It's got all the participation points for you. But now I need you to find and to identify the parasite and the partition that's keeping you from encountering and possessing that promise. You're going to have to keep this list private. Because some of them, some of the parasites may be close because they can't live without a host. And some of us need to keep our list private because the walls in our life, other people around us don't know. We've, we've, uh, we've worn masks. See, some of y'all just thinking you're wearing masks today. Some of, you, uh, some of y'all are professional mask wearers you've been acting like everything was good but deep inside of you there's been a partition a walled off area that you won't let the Holy Spirit invade and so I'm asking you this week here's your assignment take that same list and at the bottom of that list write specifically by name the parasites list them out and the partitions this is the walled area of my life I've got to get grips on. And then this is your assignment this week. Once you, once you write them down, I don't want you to circle it immediately. I want you to take two or three days, four or five days, all week if necessary. And in prayer, I want you to suddenly just begin to circle that thing. Every day, I circle it. I circle it until you feel like you've got all of God's attention on that thing and all your attention is on that thing, then I want you to go back to your list and I want you to circle it. And I want you to put an X through it. Because next Sunday, we are going to learn to march and how to march into the every promise that God has for us. So I just want to see you circling this week. Circling. Don't circle to put off circle to put out. It'll probably change some of you what you do on Facebook. Some of y'all might have to take a break. We're missing you on Facebook. Don't bother me. I'm just, I'm just at home circling. All that time I used to spend on Facebook posting junk. Instead, I'm in my prayer closet circling. I hadn't heard from you all week. That's because I've been circling. Hey, I want to call and talk to you and complain to you a little while. I don't have time. I'm circling. 
I'm just telling you this morning, if we would learn to circle to put out, we would see the fulfillment of every promise God has for us. What area of your life is walled off? One wall. Most of you, it's one wall. And it would start a domino effect. And all you need to do, do is see a Jesus invasion into that walled off area and all of a sudden the promised land opens up for you. Father, in Jesus' name this morning, I pray that as we spend a moment in prayer here. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.